Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. Good morning to you. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. Fresh out of the rather turbulent ocean this morning. And doing it without the joyful presence of the sun. We've had a string of absolutely gorgeous, golden, sunny mornings. This was the first day recently that we've had that overcast, that stuff we get in May and June. Question for you, can you remember the last time we had a cloudy morning? And the answer is no, you can't. And the reason is your memory's not quite where it used to be. Now, we can call this part of normal aging. And that's what most people do, and we don't even worry about it unless we become incompetent, which some of us do. But the bottom line is, like every other function in the body, the memory begins to deteriorate. The question, of course, is what can we do about it as concerned citizens that want to go on into our golden years with a memory like we had when we were 18? Can you do this? Going back to school in my middle age, of course, this was a big deal to me because I didn't quite feel I had the memory that I once possessed, which was nearly photographic as a teenager. Going back in your 50s, you don't quite have it at that same level. This, of course, is right up my alley because this is what turns me on. Can we take the normal aging process and turn it around, reverse it, stop it dead in its tracks. And of course, the answer is, of course we can. That's why I get up every morning of my life happy. Of course, there is a gap between thinking about that and making it happen. That gap is called hard work and discretion. What do you buy into on this? As always, I'm here to remind you that if you're buying into supplements as a means, you are wasting your money. If there is one, one way to spend money and waste it, I mean flush it down the toilet, it's buying herbs to improve memory. I have never seen this work. Never. And of course, there's always someone that's going to pop up out of nowhere and say that's not true. I don't care. You're crazy. You're lying. You're exaggerating. And even if I'm wrong, statistically, you're a quarter of 1% of the people that spend money on this junk. And the thing that gets me, that's going to get you, is that the solutions are there. And they're wonderful solutions, and they work. But doesn't stop the media, the marketing crew, the herbal manufacturers from swearing that they've got 
some concoction that's going to make a difference. I have used these. I'm still stupid enough personally to buy them when I hear about them. They never work. Here's what I find interesting in terms of solutions. Here's number one. This is what we know. We know that when your brain cells, your neurons, excrete, uh, otherwise stated, defecate into the space between the cells, the extracellular space, the space between the brain cells, the space between the neurons in your head, in your brain. When these cells excrete, the rate at which that excretion is moved through the cerebral spinal fluid back into your venous system and into the toilet. The cells excrete into the space between the cells, the extracellular space, which is cerebrospinal fluid, which then drains into your dural venous sinuses of the brain, so your venous system of the brain. It's where all your cerebral spinal fluid goes or your lymph goes to the venous system. From the venous system out, whether it's through your kidney or the toilet, meaning the out through your intestines or your urinary system. The rate at which this occurs is relative to the rate or the pumping rate of the ventricles of the brain. Now, if you didn't know this, I'll throw a few pictures on, but the brain has these chambers called ventricles, third ventricle, fourth ventricle, the lateral ventricles of the brain. They pump just like the spaces in your heart, the ventricles of your heart, right and left ventricle. They pump. They do the same thing. They pump. Only they don't pump blood. They pump cerebrospinal fluid. They pump it through every single canal between every single cell. And now we're talking trillions of the brain. And these ventricles pump and push the sewer water, the excrement from your very active neuronal cells, they push this fluid at a faster rate. If they're pumping at the right frequencies. Now, if they're not, well, then you have a problem because then your cells, brain cells, sit in filth. This, of course, ought to be laid down with different scripts, but same theme. This ought to be laid down as the basic mechanism for all disease. But we really can't ask our scientists today to wrap themselves around that. So we don't tell you any of this. I do. Some understand. And some can't understand, and that's okay. But if you want to know where the smart money is, and I'll just, I'll just contain this to your memory, to mental function, to not going senile, to having a sharper memory, to not wasting your money on relatively useless herbs, 
keeping in mind, I love the herbal stuff. I mean, if you knew the things I'd done in my career to find the real stuff, get my hands on it, I've spent money you wouldn't spend in a year to get the real stuff. It still doesn't work. Because if your ventricles aren't pumping optimally, you can't clean the filthy sewer water between the cells of your brain. Now, that's pretty simple. So, of course, the next question is, what makes it pump right? Well, there's one thing sitting there right in front of your nose that you keep hearing me yell about, and I'll just keep doing it, and that is sleep. But I don't mean your kind of sleep. I don't mean, yeah, I go to bed and I get up three hours later to go to the bathroom. And then I go right back to bed. And then I get up later on about three hours later to go to the bathroom. But then I go right back to bed. And how many hours a night do you sleep? Oh, I sleep eight hours. Do you sleep straight? No, but I go right back to bed. In fact, I don't even know when I stand up and go there. That's what you get for that answer. Because if that's your sleep pattern, you're not going to pump those ventricles, which we know the hard science, like neurology science, if you have a neurologist worth a darn, which most of you don't, unfortunately. But if these guys really do their stuff, we have machines in the United States, scanners that measure ventricular fasciculation that measure rate of cerebrospinal flow. Now, not every hospital has it, but they're there because that's where they gather this information. And that's where it could be available to you if your neurologist cared. But unfortunately, his hands are tied because he has his rules to follow. It's called the standard of care. And I know while a lot of people who make a lot of money think they're going to get better care because they're at Hogue, or they're at UCLA, well, guess again. A lot of times, the more dough you have, the worse your health care is. The few doctors that go the distance, they can be in the hood, they can be in Bel Air, they can be in America, they can be in communist China, they can be in Siberia, they can be practicing out of their house. So it really is not a level of care that if you don't have a lot of dough, you'll never get to. You just have to be informed. But what good is it anyway? Suppose somebody told you your ventricles are pumping more slowly, those in the brain, and your cerebral spinal flow is lower and slower than it should be. What good would that do you? If you don't have a memory, I promise you this. Just assume that this is the case and skip the time, money, and energy invested in having someone diagnose and measure what we already know empirically. I said empirically. Empirically means you look at somebody, you know what the issue is, you know why the issue is, and you know what to do about it. So what are you supposed to do? Halt the progression of health to go fine, and it may take a year or two and cost a lot of money, someone to tell you what you already know? I don't mean to digress too much, but that digression is worth it. There was a guy years ago named Linus Pauling. Famous guy. 
biochemist. You've heard of Linus Pauling, the vitamin C guy, spent his whole life proving to everybody that vitamin C supplementation is something you needed. Yeah, well, the Indians up in Nova Scotia knew that too. It was called take pine needles and boil them in water and extract the juice out of the pine needle, the oils, the rest of it, and drink that as pine needle tea to prevent scurvy. And, of course, various lads who sailed from Europe to Canada learned this in centuries ago. Took England, the country of England, as in Britain, 150 years from the time somebody told them about this to get it published. That's how slow and stupid scientists are generally. That's how long it takes true discovery to get into the public. And from, of course, the journals of medicine to the standard of care, that's another leap that can take another 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years. It's ridiculous. Bet on the empirical. So let me say this to you. If you're over the age of 50 and your memory is faded and fogged, rest assured those ventricles are not pumping and removing the excrement in between your cells. Thus sleep. But you see, here's the scam. The scam is you think you're sleeping. Because somebody told you five straight is sufficient. It's not. Somebody told you that it's okay to get up in between your straight sleep. It's not. Somebody told you that it's okay to sleep inside your house. It's not. I have now four different tracts of property throughout the United States where the owners of that property have paid a tidy sum about fifteen to $20,000 to lay down a yurt, which we import from Mongolia. And in those yurts, they will be sleeping. Or for less than $1,000, you can get a canvas tent. There is a company called LuckySheep.com, owned by a guy out of North Carolina named Patrick Clark. You can buy a tent from him. Put it in your backyard and get to it. Or you can rent a home that's made of wood on stilts. Or you can rent a home or buy a home that's basically made of stone, but not on a concrete slab. Or you can start getting into your truck going a mile or two or 10 or 20, depending on where you live out of the city and learning to camp. There's lots of ways to do this. There's lots of ways to put your head on the earth at night and sleep, preferably with the head pointed to the south, not the north. And you play with it and you improve that sleep. All sorts of techniques, but I don't want to get into sleep. I just want to tell you, you're smart enough to figure it out. There's a standard for sleep. 
That standard means you go to bed and when you wake up, you don't know where you are, where you've been or where you're going. That's the kind of sleep I'm talking about. And that sleep is attainable, but here's a hint. The more connected you are to the earth, the soil, not in radiation with your Wi-Fi on or your cell phone on your brain or a computer or a TV on to help you go to sleep, not wrapped in a cocoon of concrete, but on the earth in the darkness of night, like when you camp, but not in a nylon rayon synthetic tent, something made of canvas, something made of wool, where the blanket of darkness pushes you into the soil as if you're in a coma for six, seven, eight straight hours. That's when your brain will pump right. It will suck up the frequency of the earth and those ventricles through the hypothalamus will be directed to sputter at the right rate of fasciculation. Now look at that. Right there, perhaps we've eliminated 99.5% of the population. Perhaps we've eliminated most of people that are into their alternative health. But you see, we have to come to grips with this as Americans, as world citizens also. And that is, is the less we listen to this kind of stuff, the more trapped in wasteful expenditure we're going to be. We're at the point now where we can't do the cliff note version of a solution. We got to get real. And this is not politically correct to get real. This is not the way the globalists see it, not to get political. We want to be genteel. We want to be soft-spoken. We want to be feminine in our approach. We don't want to cast dispersion, make comparisons, hit between the eyes. We just want to tell you that it's all okay. And you see, I don't see how this does anybody any good. It's tough to find people over the age of 60 that can remember what they ate for breakfast. And when you look at sleep habits, they're horrible. Now, there's one thing, sleep. Here's another one. The second one is understanding that the brain is a bunch of bones, meaning your skull is a bunch of bones that separate at their sutures or their joints. There's movement at the joints. Ethmoid, sphenoid, temporal, zygoma, the TMJ joint, the parietal, occipital, all of those bones have a frequency. They resonate. This is why if you have a steel plate in your head from an accident, it's kind of devastating as a side effect. Not that it shouldn't be there because you might have needed to put it there to save your life, but the ramifications are intense. This is why people with those dentures, you know, or those implants where it's like one steel bar screwed into your jawbones, your maxilla, or your mandibles holding 10 to 12 teeth. These things are rather devastating because they prevent the bones of the skull as the teeth occlude from pumping. Now what 
other thing prevents the skull bones from pumping is clenchers. Clenching stops it. The wrong kind of implants with those bars, especially the ones that cross the midline of the front teeth, stop it. Then, of course, there's people who are just all messed up in the upper cervicals. The occiput C1, C2. The occiput C1, first cervical vertebra. C2, epistrosis, if I said that correctly. The second cervical vertebra. Subluxations there. Compressions there. Arthritis there. Fusion there. They make the occiput get stuck. That messes that up. Then just good old, plain old muscle spasms. The back of the head is tight. The trapezius muscles are tight. Then there's anterior head carriage. As the head, as you age, drifts forward, and that little buffalo hump develops, male and female, the net effect of that is to change the position of the base of the brain, the upper cervical spine, as it leaves the brain stem, just before the foramen magnum and the cervical spine, the cervical spinal cord, exit through there. Just in that zone, you get a spatial disorientation as you go into anterior head carriage, as the oropharynx begins to shift its position. And you get these gross distortions up in that area. All of this changes the rate at which the ventricles fasciculate. It interferes with cerebral spinal flow. And the buildup of the garbage, therefore, through the cerebral spinal fluid begins to cause dysfunction in the ways the neurons talk to each other to transmit signals. What do you do about anterior head carriage? Well, that's a book in itself. What do you do about sleep? That's a book in itself. What do you do about making sure that your teeth have symmetrical occlusion and that any modifications done to the teeth as you age, as the teeth fall out, are done to optimize that cranial rhythm over time. But we should just forget about all this and just take that supplement like ginkgo that promises to keep our memory sharp. And it's amazing. What's the other one they, they scream about? The one that derives itself from blue mussels from New Zealand. There's another one. Oh, you could take them all. Two of each. Spend your $100 a month. It's affordable. You see, this is what we're doing, and we shouldn't do it. What we should do is profile ourselves. Maybe you were a dancer and have the most outstanding, beautiful posture, and you're 60 or 70. Maybe it's not a postural thing. Maybe you were just one of those people. I wasn't. But you were one of those people, lucky enough to never get a cavity. You've got all your teeth, and you're 80. And you don't clench. Maybe you're one of those people lucky enough to say that. 
but you don't get any sleep. Maybe you sleep seven to eight straight hours like a baby and nothing will get in your way, but you have no teeth or you're going to lose your teeth. You see, I could go on and on and on, as you know, normally do. But what you have to do is profile yourself. Look at the list and profile yourself and then go after it. And this is what we don't do. We're not taught to do this as health devotees. No, we're not. What education generally means is somebody gives you sorts of lots of solutions, things you should try to do. But it doesn't give you a sense of how to profile yourself and say, you know what, this is where I need to work, and then gives you a sense of how to navigate solutions. So if you have a sleep issue, it can be for so many reasons. Now, what's the model upon which you solve that? And that's what this show does for you in the ideal of it, whether I succeed or fail. The intention is there are a fine group of people. I did another seminar, another Zoom for a fine group last Sunday. Bravo for you people because your wheels are turning and you're starting to, in the ideal of it, be given a framework through which you can navigate your solutions. I'm not talking about useless rhetoric. I'm not talking about, you know, pitches for supplements. I'm talking about how you learn to navigate your health. Where do you start for your memory issues? Where do you start for your health concerns? So education's one thing so you can give yourself the portfolio then it's once you select where you need to work, like on sleep. Now, how do you break that down? How do you systematically go about it without falling into all sorts of psychological pitfalls? One psychological pitfall, and then I will bid you adieu, is don't measure efficacy as it relates to the symptom. If your memory's off, and you've decided you need to learn to sleep. Learn to sleep, but don't stop a month or two into it after you put time, money, and energy into improving your sleep and say, gee, my sleep's improved, but my memory's not any better. Never reference the efficacy of time, money, and energy as it relates to the symptom. Feed health. Feed health. Create a sense of where you need to work and feed health. Don't look at the symptom. That's how the body accumulates reserve. And sooner or later, bingo. Great to talk to you. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.